0: Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about BuildBook, who in addition to sponsoring this episode, they've developed a program to help all of you during this extremely difficult time. If you don't know what they do, they offer a tool that funnels all the conversations and decisions that occur between you, your team, and your client before, during, and after projects into one place and made it dead simple to use. They've taken something that is chaotic for most of you, like staying on top of all the messages you're getting over text, phone calls, job site conversations, you name it, and brought it into one channel that's simple for anyone on your team to use. Look, I don't need to tell you guys this, but good, clear communication with your clients and team is more critical now than it has ever been. BuildBook knows how important this is for you as well, but also knows the strain this crisis is having on your business. So they're offering their software to you for free. Yes, you heard that correctly. To help you get through this unprecedented time, BuildBook has put together a program to provide you with some free resources, including their software. It's an amazing opportunity that I strongly encourage you to take advantage of. So hit pause right now and text BuildBook to 33777. That's one word, BuildBook. They'll immediately send you a link that brings you directly to the page to sign up. There are no strings attached, it's just their way of doing what they can to support your business. So go ahead and hit pause and text BUILDBOOK, one word, to 33777 to get your free account. All right, let's dive into today's show. Welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. You're listening to The Construction Cut with Taylor Renning. Here, you'll get the latest news in construction in 15 minutes or less. Let's dive into the show.
1: Welcome back to The Construction Cut. I'm your host, Taylor. This week, we've got a mixed bag of news stories affecting the construction industry, a little bit of everything. But uh, what I'm really curious about is what you want to hear about, the listener. Is it residential construction news, commercial construction news, construction tech, remodeling, the housing industry, something else? I want to know. So if you can do me a favor and let me know, there is a link in the show notes that will take you to a one-question survey. It'll take less than 20 seconds, I promise. You can always shoot me an email as well. I love to hear from you guys. All right. It is Monday, April 20th. Let's dive in. A construction boss is under indictment in the state of Oregon for allegedly defrauding the state out of $65 million in state income and employment taxes. Authorities have charged Victor Hugo Lopez Diaz, the head of a residential construction company in Portland, Oregon, with both tax evasion and filing false tax returns. The scheme was simple. Lopez Diaz cashed his checks over $185 million worth, at a couple of check-cashing businesses owned by his friends. He then turned around and paid his employees under the table. Lopez Diaz also set up several subcontracting businesses around the Portland area to pay unlicensed contractors cash, also under the table. But wait, there's more. This guy also accepted payments on behalf of other contractors, cashing those checks so those subs could pay their own crews under the table. This scheme is reportedly one of the largest tax evasion cases ever prosecuted in the state of Oregon. If convicted, Lopez Diaz could face up to 11 years in federal prison and a fine of $750,000. Well, the construction industry is making use of the Paycheck Protection Program. In fact, construction ranks first among industries in the dollar amount of loans approved so far. The highly sought-after stimulus program, part of the CARES Act, was created to help businesses survive the tumultuous times ahead. According to data from the U.S. Small Business Administration, nearly $34 billion was approved for construction companies. That makes up almost 14% of the total loans granted. The program requires borrowers borrowers to use the entirety of the loan on payroll, health insurance, and other basic expenses needed to keep employees. If 75% of the loan is used on payroll, the SBA will forgive the loan, which essentially turns the loan into a grant. The CARES Act set aside an astounding $349 billion for the program, and as of last Thursday, April 16th, funding for the loan has been completely exhausted. Last week, I reported that a handful of construction industry groups were lobbying OSHA to reclassify how COVID-19 cases were recorded, whether they should be recorded against the employer or whether they should be recorded as a simple cold or flu. Employers were confused about whether or not they needed to log employee cases of COVID-19 on the OSHA Form 300, which I'm sure many of you know is the log of work-related injuries and illnesses. As of last week, OSHA has released new guidance stating that when it comes to the transmission of the virus, they will not enforce record-keeping requirements that would determine whether or not the case was work-related or not citing that construction is not considered a high-risk industry like healthcare or other emergency response personnel. However, there is an exception to OSHA's rule. The exception is when there is quote, reasonably available objective evidence that a COVID-19 case may be work-related. If that is the case, an employer can reasonably assume an employee contracted the coronavirus at the job site They must log the case when it is confirmed. This, of course, is temporary guidance from OSHA, so expectations and regulations may change in the coming weeks. Although OSHA doesn't classify construction personnel as high risk, a recent study is confirming that construction workers are, in fact, in a dangerous position when it comes to contracting COVID-19. The study, commissioned by the mayor of Austin, Texas, found that keeping Austin's job sites open while other businesses shut down could triple the number of hospitalizations in Austin from 10,000 to 30,000, raising the construction workers' risk of hospitalization nearly eight times over by summer's end. The study works off of a model from researchers at the University of Texas and is based on a scenario that assumes the entire city of Austin is under shelter-in-place orders But construction work goes on as usual. Taking into account that job sites have almost double the normal transmission rate, the results were staggering. Austin has nearly 50,000 construction workers alone. In fact, construction makes up 4% of their labor force. Austin's mayor was concerned enough to issue a mandate halting non-essential construction, but the order was overturned by the governor of Texas. As of now, construction is continuing throughout the city. Phil Thoden, president of the AGC in Austin, said, quote, the study shows that if no safety and health procedures are implemented, then our industry is at risk for increasing the spread of the virus. But if the safety and health procedures required by the city and county are being followed, then there's negligible, if any, spread.
0: I'm gonna give you a little, well, actually a big piece of insight that most construction companies don't even realize. Nearly all of the problems you encounter in your projects and business have one thing in common, communication or lack thereof. Think about the last time a project went sideways. I'm guessing if you traced it back to its source, it had something to do with a missed or miscommunication. In fact, 72% of client unhappiness is directly attributed to poor communication during projects. Needless to say, good communication needs to be a priority in your business. And that's especially true with everything that's happening around us today. BuildBook has created a simple solution that makes communicating with your clients and team incredibly easy so nothing slips through the cracks. And as a reminder, they've also made it 100% free for you to use during this uncertain climate we're currently in. So hit pause right now and text build book one word to 33777 and they'll send you a link to sign up. All right, let's get back to the show.
1: Well, some encouraging news for home builders. One California builder was in the final phase of their recent development and was able to sell their remaining 16 homes using entirely virtual methods. Incredible. 16 homes were sold all online. The president of the company, Ryan DeYoung, was astounded, saying, quote, to us, it was unprecedented. It was the first time we've ever completely sold and launched a community in a virtual setting. I bet. DeYoung went on to say that most of their homes start off with a virtual tour, but almost all of their potential buyers come in to see the physical layout at least once. After shelter-in-place orders went into effect, showing homes in person became impossible. So customers of DeYoung are able to go online, check their elevation plans, see room-by-room photos and videos, and even drone photos of the neighborhood. Then they get to select their kitchen finishes and meet with the broker. So every single aspect of the home buying process was done virtually. DeYoung said that they've worked hard to streamline their processes, saying, I chalk it up to our ability to adapt and quickly take the resources we have curated already and set that up in a way that is easily experienced by customers in a virtual setting. What this showed was that businesses in our community can adapt and we can continue to move forward. What we saw this last Saturday is people continuing to make plans for their life, just in a virtual setting. While some builders are thriving during these unprecedented times, some major media outlets are asking whether or not the pandemic will bring to light what many have been thinking for years. Is the housing market overvalued? According to a new study, nearly half of the nation's top 50 markets were overvalued in March. The study, which defines an overvalued market as one in which prices are at least 10% higher than what they should be at a long-term sustainable level, points to a bifurcation in the market. High demand and short supply have kept home prices high. The pandemic, however, could ease the burden for those in high-priced cities. The chief economist over at CoreLogic, who commissioned the study, said, quote, The US housing market continues to cool, primarily due to some of our priciest markets moving into frigid waters. But the broader market looks more temperate as supply and demand come into balance. With mortgage rates flat and inventory picking up, we expect more buyers to take advantage of easing housing market headwinds. And those headwinds, well, they'll come in the form of lower home prices. Experts are predicting that homeowners some strapped for cash after the pandemic, will start to sell their homes. With fewer buyers eligible to buy homes, the only way to realign the mismatch between supply and demand will be lower home prices. I think Danielle DiMartino Booth at Bloomberg summed it up quite well, and I'm going to read you her writing verbatim here. She says, quote, Several factors that characterize the last decade will now work against housing. The lowest interest rates in the U.S. spurred a boom in luxury housing. At the start of the last decade, about a fifth of the homes in the U.S. were priced at $300,000 or higher. Ten years on, that's true for more than half of all homes. The National Association of Realtors says that the inventory of existing homes for sale has dropped to about three months of supply for more than seven months. Supply has shrunk as millions of baby boomers unexpectedly delayed downsizing. One of the reasons for this was the longest bull market stocks in history, which afforded would-be sellers the wherewithal to continue carrying higher maintenance in larger homes than otherwise possible. The pandemic has upended daily life for all of us. And I think that Danielle's analysis here is spot on, which is probably why she's writing in Bloomberg. But here's the thing. The housing market is so inextricably tied to the economy. There is no easy and no quick answer to what might happen. So we will, of course, keep an eye out on the housing market and how things are changing rapidly as the months go on. So stay tuned for more on that. That is the Construction Cut this week. Thank you so much for listening. I'd also love to thank Buildbug for sponsoring Builder Funnel Radio. Huge shout out to them. It's really exciting to have them on board. If you'd like, you can subscribe to Builder Funnel Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. Make sure to check out the show notes for a link to the Construction Cut listener survey and any other details you might have missed. I will see you all next week.
0: Thank you so much for listening to The Construction Cut on Builder Funnel Radio. If you got value out of today's episode, please do one of two things for me. Share it with a friend by clicking the share button in your podcast player and then texting it or emailing it to them. Or leave us a review. This is a free podcast, so spreading the word really helps us keep Builder Funnel Radio going. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.